0: The greatest gift that we can give to our children and grandchildren is a legacy of faith. In Judaism, we refer to this as Lidor Vador, which means from generation to generation. Passing on our faith from one generation to the next has always been a core value in the Jewish tradition, one that has helped preserve the Jewish people for thousands of years. A few years ago, when my father, Rabbi Gil Eckstein, suddenly passed away, I realized how blessed I was that my father left us a rich legacy of faith. I was inspired to write a book about the teachings and values that I received from my parents and how I am now passing those same teachings on to my very own children That book is called Generation to Generation, and it's a compilation of the lessons that I learned through the Jewish traditions that I grew up with, and a practical guide for how we can all pass on our faith to the next generation. And now, I'm thrilled to make the contents of my book available to everyone through this podcast. Over the summer, every episode of Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast will feature the audio version of Generation to Generation. Each week, you'll hear me read a chapter in the book, and in each chapter, we'll explore a Jewish observance, the key value it reinforces, and how to transmit that value to the next generation. I think we can all agree that our children are our future. We are shaping the future of the world through the lessons that we teach our children today. I pray that this series will help you share your faith with all of the children in your life and that it enriches your own walk with God too. Our children today are growing up in the most technologically advanced generation the world has ever witnessed. Unlike previous generations who also enjoyed more technology than their parents did, our world is changing much faster and the effects are far greater than before. Unsurprisingly, this has had a profound impact on every aspect of our lives, including the most important ones family, friends, community, and our connection to God. On the positive side, technology has given us the ability to stay connected and communicate more often and more easily. We can video chat, send messages, share photos, and speak to one another from just about anywhere in the world with the simple press of a button. We can also receive and share ideas, inspiration, and knowledge via the internet that undoubtedly help us live better lives. However, there also is an adverse side to technology. Children and adults are spending more time on electronic devices and less time together with family and friends. Moreover, as society has advanced technologically, life has become increasingly busy. Parents work longer hours and children have busier after-school schedules than just a decade ago. Statistics show that the average American family spends only 35 to 50 minutes talking each other on weekdays and less than three hours in meaningful engagement on weekends. Family meals are far less common than they used to be, although studies have proven that eating together as a family several days a week improves a child's health, grades, and emotional stability. Day after day, week after week, year after year, our lives rush by, but we still don't have significant time for what matters most. In the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment, sacred to both the Jewish and Christian faiths, direct us to observe a day of rest, the Sabbath. Jews observe the Sabbath from Friday at sundown until Saturday at sundown, while Christians observe it on Sunday. The Hebrew word for Sabbath is Shabbat, and while it is commonly translated as rest, a more accurate translation is stop. The scriptures say, for six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Shabbat, Sabbath, rest, holy to the Lord. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, Shabbat, he rested and was refreshed. That's from Exodus 31, 15 to 17. We are directed to work for six days and then stop working on the seventh, just as God created the world in six days and then stopped creating on the seventh. Shabbat beckons us to pause, reflect, refresh, and redirect our lives in a way that is congruent with our values. The Hebrew word Shabbat is also closely related to the word Shav, which means return. The Sabbath is a day to return to our priorities. In summer 2010, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was interviewed on Larry King Live. Larry King said to him, You live in the center of a hostile world. Do you ever get to really relax? Netanyahu answered, Yes, and I'll tell you when. Every Saturday we have a day off, Shabbat. I take an hour and a half and I read from the Bible with my younger boy. I relax and then I draw a lot of spiritual strength. Shabbat has always been a source of strength and a conduit for clarity among the Jewish people. Beginning the Sabbath by lighting the Shabbat candles reflects this belief. The Jewish sages taught that gazing at these flames repairs our vision. In other words, all week long we can lose perspective. Our vision can become distorted regarding our value and goals. However, the light of Shabbat reminds us what really matters, and invites us to focus exclusively on what is most important to us. I grew up in a very loving family. We enjoyed an abundance of love, but like many families today, we were very busy. My father woke up at 5 a.m. for prayer and Bible study and then left for work so he could be at the office by 7 a.m. My mother started her day a bit later, but once she got us off to school, she went to work as well. My sisters and I had long days at school that taught both secular subjects and Jewish studies. In addition, my parents dedicated their time and talents to volunteering in our community. My sisters and I participated in Jewish youth groups and after-school activities. Our lives were blessedly wonderful and hectic. In a sea of busyness, Shabbat was and is the anchor of my life. No matter how busy our weeks were, how much my father had traveled, no matter what, he made it a priority that on Shabbat we were all together as a family. My mother cooked our favorite foods, baked challah, the traditional Sabbath bread, and cleaned our home from top to bottom. As my sisters and I grew older, we loved to participate as well, getting many of our first cooking and cleaning lessons as we helped prepare for the holy day of rest. My father often played music to set the mood, traditional Jewish songs related to the Sabbath. As sundown drew closer, the tempo in the house quickened as we finished our final preparations. Then, just before sunset, everything stopped and quiet set in. The music was turned off. The cooking was done. The house was ready. I stood with my mother as she lit the Shabbat candles and recited the traditional blessing welcoming the Sabbath. We kissed each other and wished each other a Shabbat Shalom, a Sabbath of peace. My father left for synagogue, and I often went with him. We joined our community in soulful singing and worship. Friday night Shabbat prayers begin. Come, Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That's from Psalm 95, 1-2. Shabbat gave me a time each week to reflect on God's glory and his blessings. After services, we returned home to a beautifully set table and a delicious meal. Unlike during the week, no one rushed anywhere. We talked about our week, laughed, sang, and discussed inspiring ideas from the Torah. I used to joke that our Shabbat meals were like holy therapy sessions, but that is truly what it felt like. Shabbat gave us permission to let go of our worries and fill our souls with godliness. Around the Shabbat table, we were unbound by the constraints of weekdays and had limitless time to focus on God and each other. Jewish sages taught that the Sabbath is a taste of the world to come. Indeed, for us, it was and is a little taste of paradise. Of the many contributions Judaism has made to humanity, Shabbat is perhaps the most important. Devoting one day a week for rest and contemplation is one of the greatest gifts that Judaism has brought to the world. While the Sabbath has been universally acclaimed, it also at times has been grossly misunderstood. It is commonly believed that Shabbat is observed in order to replenish our physical strength and enable us to work more energetically and productively during the coming week. However, in Judaism, the exact opposite is true. While many people rest on the weekend in preparation for the work week ahead, Judaism implores us to work during the week in order to rest on Shabbat. In the Jewish faith, the Sabbath is the end point, the goal, the culmination of the week. This is why there are no Hebrew names for the first six days of the week. Instead, they are known by the number of days remaining until Shabbat. Sunday is called Yom Rishon B'Shabbat, or the first day toward Shabbat. Monday is Yom Sheni b'Shabbat, or the second day toward Shabbat, and so on. Every day is a countdown to the one day that matters most. Only the seventh day, the Sabbath, has a name: Shabbat. Stop. Rest. The Sabbath reminds us that while we must work in life, life must never become about work. It serves as a weekly reminder that life is about connecting with God, our families, friends, communities, and ultimately about making the world a better place. Moreover, the Sabbath recalls that God is the creator and master over the world, keeping our human role in proper perspective. It is, as Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel once called it, an island in time where we can collectively recalibrate our focus on what really matters. For one day in seven, we live on this island in time where time itself is suspended and we cease to be enslaved by it. The Sabbath is a day of spiritual connection in the context of physical rest. It's a day to recognize God as the master of the universe and to study his word, We don't refrain from working just so that we can have a short break before we go back to the grind of the next week. We rest from activity so that we can exercise our soul. In the words of Heschel, the purpose of Shabbat is to set apart one day a week for freedom, a day on which we would not use the instruments which have been so easily turned into weapons of destruction. A day for being with ourselves, a day of detachment from the vulgar of independence of external obligations, a day on which we stop worshiping the idols of technical civilization, a day on which we use no money, a day of armistice in the economic struggle with our fellow man and the forces of nature. Heschel concludes, is there any institution that holds out a greater hope for man's progress than the Sabbath? In this day and age, with a constant barrage of information and motion, the Shabbat experience is more important than ever. In our fast-paced society, where it's easy to lose oneself in the hustle and bustle of it all, Shabbat is essential for slowing down, finding oneself, and hearing the still, small voice of God. On Shabbat, we are able to press the pause button on the busy schedule of life and take time to focus on what really matters. No one checks email, answers the phone, or gets in a car to go anywhere. We are simply present with each other and with God. Perhaps there is no generation more in need of Shabbat than our own. For me, Shabbat is a welcome respite from the hectic schedule in my many roles as a mother, wife, and president and CEO of a major nonprofit organization. I thank God that Shabbat arrives every seventh day. It is usually around then that our family needs a break and a reminder that life is not about being busy. As a mother, I feel the need for a Sabbath day more than I ever did before. It is the one day a week that we unplug so that we can connect with each other. In our home, we begin preparing for Shabbat on Thursday night. Everything that we do is a physical reminder of what is spiritually important to us as a family. My children love making the special Shabbat bread called the challah with me, and I embrace the change of pace as we wind down together. Just as my father did, we play Shabbat-themed music, which helps us transition from feeling stressed to feeling blessed. As the heavenly smell of freshly baked challah fills our home, we anticipate the holy day of Shabbat. By the time Friday evening arrives, our Shabbat table is beautifully set. My children are dressed in their nicest clothing, and the Shabbat candlesticks are polished and shiny. Little details like a special tablecloth, flowers on the table, and favorite foods on the menu reinforce the message that Shabbat is the most special day of the week. My children understand that the things we do on Shabbat, like making time for God, family, and friends, are clearly the priorities in our lives. As the sun sets on Friday, my daughters join me as we light the Shabbat candles to usher in the sacred time. Traditionally, we light a candle for every member of our family because Jewish tradition teaches that candle lighting time is an ideal time for prayer. And so the first thing my children see me do as the Sabbath enters is pray for them. We wrap our arms around each other as we sing and pray. My husband usually arrives home from synagogue with a few guests. We enjoy having guests at our Shabbat table, so my children learn that welcoming people into our home and sharing a meal with them is another family priority. Sometimes we have friends or family over, but often we'll host people that we barely know, such as a lonely widow, a lone soldier, or a new immigrant to Israel. During the week, we have so much to do that we often overlook these very people who are in need all around us. We don't have time for them. But on Shabbat, we have all the time in the world, and we eagerly turn our attention to God and all his children. Before we sit down to eat our delicious meal, we bless our children. It is Jewish tradition to bestow the priestly blessing unto our children on Shabbat. We lay our hands over each child's head, starting with the oldest, and bless them. In this way, each child feels noticed, cared for, and loved. Next, like most Jewish families, we sing the words of Proverbs 31 in praise of the woman of the home. It's a teachable moment for our children when we take the time to acknowledge and appreciate the hard work that goes into maintaining a home. Finally, We bless the Shabbat over a cup of wine and begin the meal with challah. These Friday night dinners are our time to ask each child about his or her week. We celebrate the highlights and sympathize with the challenges. It's a time to discuss the portion from the Torah that is read that week and what they have learned in school from the scriptures. In between courses, we sing Shabbat songs, some of which are hundreds of years old. There are no time limits on our Shabbat meals. No one is rushing through the meal to get to another activity or to watch a TV program. We are all fully present with those at our table. On Saturday, we join our community in the synagogue for prayers. Not only does this teach our children that prayer is a top priority, but also that being part of a faith community is important as well. After services, there is often a light meal served in order to foster fellowship within the community. As the day unfolds, we enjoy the second Shabbat meal together with joy, love, and holiness, just as we did on Friday night. If our children want to get together with their friends after the meal, they have to walk to their houses or make plans before Shabbat. Talking on the phone or over social media is not an option. Neither is watching a movie or playing video games. My children are most creative with their friends on Saturday afternoons when they come up with endless ways to entertain themselves. Sometimes they play imaginary games, other times they play board games, and the older kids sit and talk. It is a slow-paced, people-focused, and God-honoring time. I do not know what kind of world my children will live in when they are adults, Maybe it will be even more saturated with the latest technological distractions and even faster paced. However, what I do know is that no matter what life has in store for them, my children will always have Shabbat. They will always have that refuge, that island of time to rest, to stop, to recalibrate, and to focus on what is truly important so that they can live meaningful, purposeful, godly lives. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.